All right, welcome back to the Listener's Commentary on the Gospel of Luke. Here on the Listener's Commentary, we give what I like to call Blue Jeans Theology. That is theology in everyday language, in the context of everyday life, so that you can follow Jesus in your everyday life. And Our goal here is to help you be able to study the Bible for yourself so that you can learn it and live it out in your everyday life. In this section, we are going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 57 through 80, the last chunk in Luke chapter 1. It's really scene 3 of Act 1 of the Gospel of Luke. Act 1 goes from Luke 1, 1 all the way to Luke 4, 13. And it's really the, the foundations and beginnings for the gospel. I call it the story begins. We get the promises of the birth of John the Baptist and Jesus. We get the births of John the Baptist and Jesus. And then we get uh, a snapshot from uh, Jesus' childhood. And then the beginning of Jesus' ministry with his baptism and fasting and testing in the wilderness. And so this is all kind of uh, preparation for the gospel message and the ministry of Jesus. It's the beginnings of the story. So Act 1, this section is scene 3 in Act 1. In the last scene, Gabriel had visited Mary in the town of Nazareth, and he had done so when Elizabeth was six months pregnant. And so Mary had traveled about 80 miles to visit Elizabeth and spend some time with her in the hill country of Judea because Gabriel had mentioned that Elizabeth was pregnant too. And so Mary had traveled to be with Elizabeth and spend about three months with her. Mary's now gone home and Elizabeth goes into labor. Story picks up like this in verse 57. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. And so the promise is fulfilled. It's a healthy child. It is the boy that uh, the angel Gabriel told Zachariah would be born. And Elizabeth's neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were re rejoicing with her. They're excited that here in her old age, after all these years, she's been able to have a child. God has been gracious and merciful. They're celebrating with her. And then it happened on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. The eighth day is the day that the Old Testament law prescribed for circumcision. And so in their faith and faithfulness in God and the following of God's law, Zechariah and Elizabeth wait till the eighth day. And on the eighth day, they're preparing for the circumcision ceremony. And so they circumcise uh, the baby and now that's also the naming ceremony. They're going to give him his official name. And so the the neighbors and the townsfolk, they were just assumed he was going to be called Zachariah like his dad. And so they were going to call him Zachariah after his father. But Elizabeth, his mother, answered and said, no, indeed, he shall be called John. And they replied to her, well, there's no one among your relatives who's called by that name. So they're like, that doesn't make any sense. And so remember, Zachariah can't talk. And so they're making gestures and signs to Zachariah, his father, uh, trying to figure out what do you think he should be called? And Zachariah, since he couldn't talk, asked for a writing tablet. And he wrote as follow, follows, his name is John. And they were all amazed and astonished just because it was like, wow, that seems random and out of the blue. But that was the name that Gabriel had told Zachariah to give him. And with that display of trust and faith in the angel's words, 
Verse 64 says, And at once his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak in praise of God. And so Zechariah now is able to speak because he has submitted to and demonstrated his faith in the promise of Gabriel. And so now he's speaking and he's doing so in praise of God who has blessed him with this child and who's carrying out his work in and through them. Verse 65 and fear came on all those living around them. And so all the townsfolk in their town, maybe even some of the neighboring towns, fear came upon all of them. Like, what in the world is going on? God is surely on the move. Something is up. And so fear, like holy fear, reverence. Uh, and all these matters were being talked about in the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them kept them in mind saying, what then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with them. And so the rumor begins to spread and the anticipation grows. Is God finally on the move? Is he beginning to fulfill his long-awaited prophetic hopes? And Zechariah's psalm of praise that we're about to read here in a second, Zechariah's psalm of praise answers in the affirmative. Remember in our last session, we said these this moment here where Mary in the last session and Zechariah here breaks out in song. It's sort of like that moment in a musical where this is a climactic moment. This is an invitation for us to join into the experience and to celebrate with them. And so Zachariah is going to break out in song at the instigation once again of the Spirit. The Spirit's going to fill him and help him interpret what's going on around him with prophetic insight. And so Zachariah praises God. This is what it says in verse 67. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and has accomplished redemption for his people. Just note, first off there, the way he begins, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, a very traditional Jewish way of praising God, to, to speak good words about God. Blessed be, and you see this in the Psalms, you hear this in traditional Jewish prayers, blessed be the God of Israel. And so uh, Zechariah is praising God for his good work, and specifically he says, because he has visited us and has accomplished redemption for his people. Redemption um, is really an echo of what God did in the Exodus, where God redeemed his people out from slavery by his righteous right hand. And so Zechariah, echoing this traditional language and using this picture of God's deliverance, that's the idea of redemption, liberation and deliverance for his people. Verse 69, and he has raised up for us a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. That phrase, horn of salvation, you'll see that in the Psalms. You'll see that occasionally in some of the Psalms that show up in the prophets. It refers to this, this idea, a horn, meaning a, a strength, a stronghold of salvation. That's the idea. And so a horn of salvation for us. Note again, in the house of David, his servant, that same language we heard in Mary's psalm and in Gabriel's words to Mary, that, that God is at work and he's fulfilling his a promise to David to have somebody sit on his throne forever and ever. So this is a royal moment. God is raising up a king who's going to be a horn of salvation. And Zechariah goes on in verse 70 and says, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, right? Just reminding uh, us and them that this is the fulfillment of what God had said from 
uh, years ago from poets and prophets from centuries ago. Uh, and then he describes what that is, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy toward our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham, our father, to grant us that we being rescued from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And again, you hear the, the echo of the Old Testament language, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, that promise that there would be the seed of Abraham who would bring his blessing to the world, uh, that God is going to deliver them from their enemies. And while Zechariah may not fully understand all that's involved in that, the Spirit prompting him is really saying that God is fulfilling his promises and God is fulfilling his word to them. And it may turn out to look different than Zachariah expects, right? Like he's, he seems to uh, communicate this in language that says salvation from our enemies, from the hand of all those who hate us. And with the Romans uh, being overbearing and oppressing and being under foreign occupation and the Typical Jewish expectation in their day is that when God does act, it's going to be liberation from their enemies. And seems like Zechariah maybe thinks in those terms, and yet it's true that God is going to deliver them from their enemies, but a deeper enemy, a greater enemy than even they expected before that. Zechariah goes on and says in verse 76, And you, child, speaking now about and and two, in the direction of this little tiny baby, this weak old baby, John. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways. Again, echoing this promise from Malachi and from Isaiah that God is going to raise up a forerunner uh, before him and that is going to prepare the way for the Lord. And, and and Zechariah knows that his little baby boy, who right now is only a week old, someday he is going to fulfill this vocation to be that prophet, to be that forerunner that uh, Isaiah and Malachi had promised, uh, to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of sins. And when John does enter into his ministry and um, carry out his preaching, he baptizes people into the, the forgiveness of sins. And so John is going to be this agent of redemption, this agent of forgiveness. And the foreign occupation that the Jews are currently experiencing by the Romans is a continual reminder of their broken faith in God and the broken covenant in the past. And, and they're looking for God to forgive their sins so that they can be uh, redeemed and liberated from their enemies. And and Zachariah says, John, you're going to be that one. This little baby is going to be that one. He goes on and says, because this is going to happen because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. That phrase, sunrise from on high, may echo Malachi chapter 4, where God says this, but he says, But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and frolic like calves from the stall. It may be echoing that sort of imagery where God is promising that he is going to bring a, a sunrise that will 
bring healing and life and freedom. It's it's that imagery that's being communicated when Zacharias says, sunrise from on high will visit us to shine on those who sit in darkness, right? Like, and, and in the shadow of death, that describing the state of Israel and God's people as darkness and the shadow of death, again, in view of their Roman occupation, in view of the fact that this has gone on for centuries, all of this is a really part of the Jewish psyche of the day, living in anticipation of when is God going to act. And so using these pictures to say, God is doing it. God is acting on our behalf. He's going to guide our feet into the way of peace. Peace meaning shalom, wholeness, right? Harmony, putting things back together. This is the great anticipation. This is the great expectation they're looking forward to. And prophetically, Zechariah speaking about his little baby boy, he's going to be the forerunner who's going to go ahead of the one who's going to be the fulfillment of all of us, who's going to be that great king in the house of David. And the passage ends then with this little summary note where Luke simply says, And the child, little baby John, continued to grow and to become strong in spirit. And he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance to Israel. And so after he grew up, he moved out into the desert and he lived there until the time came for him to fulfill his vocation as a prophet and prepare the way for the Messiah, the coming of the Lord. And so, so far in his gospel, Luke has provided us with a promise of a child being born to Zachariah and Elizabeth, and now the fulfillment of that, a promise of a child being born to Mary. And we're going to get the fulfillment of that very soon. But what we've heard repeatedly in the last few scenes particularly is ancient hopes fulfilled. Ancient promises, ancient longings coming to fruition and coming to culmination in these moments, in the the birth of these little ones and the promised birth of these little ones. And so Luke has communicated to us that God is fulfilling his promises and the salvation that all are expecting, the salvation that has been long awaited is now is going to be brought into the world through uh, these little ones who are being born. God's redemption plan is going forward. And remember, Luke's theme is that that there's salvation available to all in and through Jesus the Messiah. And he's set up that theme beautifully and really with celebratory notes as we've gone through these opening scenes of the gospel with these promise and birth stories of these children.